Metro Baptist Church, and thank you so much for uh, your faithful support of us. Thank you so much for praying for us. Uh, already we've been able to speak with some of you, and uh, you've, you've let us know that you've been faithfully bringing us before the throne of God, uh, some of you daily, uh, many of you often, and so we just want to thank you so much. And uh, really, there's no amount of words that I could use to, to express to you uh, how grateful we are. Uh, we could not do what it is God called us without your help, uh, without your part in our ministry. And I'm looking forward to sharing with you uh, the updates of what God has done just over the last uh, few years. Yes, there have been challenges just like you faced. You know, there's challenges everywhere, everywhere. But I'm so thankful that we serve a God who works, that answers prayer, and, you know, he blesses faithfulness. I'm thankful for that because if he were to bless talent, I, I don't know if I'd be blessed very much. I, I look around and I'm constantly thinking, you know, these people, there are people with more talent than me, more experience than me. But, you know, God blesses faithfulness, and I'm so thankful uh, that uh, you all have been faithful. It's so good to see uh, some uh, uh, familiar faces and then to see some new ones as well. And so uh, I'm excited that God doesn't just work in foreign fields. He works right here as well. And uh, I'm so thankful to be here. Uh, I, I originally wasn't supposed to uh, be at, at a meeting tonight. And uh, this last week, we had the National Pastors Conference over in Ontario, and I got to run into Pastor Tyler. And uh, we started talking. He said, hey, you know what? You should, you should, stop, by, you should stop by Metro. And I was thinking, I know I'd, I'd, I'd love to, but I don't know. I mean, we don't really have an opening. And do you know what? Right around that time, the evening opened up. And so I actually messaged Pastor uh, Makai just a, a couple days ago, and he very graciously allowed us to come. And uh, he allowed me to preach. I'm very thankful for that. I don't take that lightly. And uh, also to be able to share with you some updates of what God has done there on the field. So let's take our Bibles this evening and turn to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3. While you're turning there, um, we have brought uh, prayer cards as well. And uh, they look, I was going to say a little different, but they look a lot different than the ones we left here last time. Uh, God has uh, added to our family. Last time we were here, uh, we, were, uh, uh, we only had one at the time. We had Kal-El, and he was just a little guy. And, uh, but now he's six. He's going to be turning seven in November. Uh, we have Ariel now, who is four, and we have Jaira up here with Mrs. Mackay. Man, he's, he's just doing great, you know. Um, we have Jaira here, who just turned six months, and so uh, I know that, uh, uh, you know, it, it would be great. I know it helps a lot of times for me when I'm praying for someone to have a face, you know, to that name, and so that's why we have these prayer cards. Uh, I, I do also have my uh, contact information on the back here, my email and, uh, of course, with, with everything going on, there's, honestly, I can't share with you how amazing it is and very timely it is to receive an email from someone who's praying for us. Now, I can't promise you that I'll reply right away, but I can promise you this. I've never, ever had someone email me and say, hey, we're praying for you, and me think, well, now's not a good time. <laughs> I've never felt that way. Honestly, those, those come very timely. God knows exactly when. And even for myself, that's one thing I've learned. As, I, as God lays another missionary on my mind, a pastor on my mind, a church on my mind, many times I pray, I have no idea what's going on, but I find out later, wow, that was very timely. You know, God laid them on my heart at that moment for a reason. And so uh, come by later. We have our uh, prayer cards, and we'd love to have you. Uh, we'd love to give one to you so that you can remember uh, to continue to pray for us. So Joshua chapter 3 this evening. Joshua chapter 3 this evening. This message comes from somebody and from a heart that desperately needed this truth. Of course, we are in desperate need of God's truth every single day. 
And sometimes in our flesh, in my flesh, in my tendencies, I can look more at the situation I'm in and dwell a lot on the challenges and let that overwhelm me instead of fleeing to the rock that is higher than I. A lot of times when we're in a place where we've never been before and we're going to really follow that theme through, being in new territory, a lot of times we can just kind of follow our feelings, our emotions. We can be distracted. We're going to look at that in a little bit. And, you know, over the last few years that we've been on the field, I can tell, I can tell you honestly, I've found, I have found myself in places, in positions where I've had to say to the Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never been here before. God, there's no, uh, could you just send me a manual? Could you, uh, you know, give me, give me instructions, maybe write something in the sky? Of course, he has given us instruction from his word. Uh, I was just, uh, uh, earlier before the service, we had the privilege of, uh, uh, having a meal together with the Mackays, and uh, pa- Pastor Mackay mentioned, hey, did they teach you that in Bible college? You know, we were just talking about things that are, were going on, and, you know, there's a lot of things that weren't covered, that weren't taught. And I just had to go before God and say, God, do you not understand? I'm in a place right now where I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what the next step is. I'm in a place I've never been before. There's really no personal experience that I can draw from. And God brought this passage of Scripture, Joshua chapter 3. And as I began reading, I thought, wow, what, what a place to find this instruction. You see, I actually was going through Joshua because I was at a place in my life where, you know, we, we got to the field and we were working together with a team of missionaries. And God, in His, in his wisdom, in His sovereignty, He chose to call those missionaries away. And we found ourselves, my family and I, we found ourselves in a place where I mean, what are we supposed to do here? What are we doing here? And my pastor very wisely said, he, and, and him and actually a few other pastors, so I, I had to do it. I thought, hey, God is definitely trying to tell me something. A lot of people recommended that I read the book of Joshua. I'm sure many of you have heard of Joshua. You've, you've read the stories of him. Of course, Joshua fought the battle at Jericho. One thing about Joshua is that he had a pretty big burden placed upon him. He had to fill the shoes of someone named Moses. Have you heard of him? Moses, the the lawbringer, the one who God used to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, and he led them those 40 years in the wilderness. Joshua has to fill his shoes, has to take his position. And there were a lot of parallels between Joshua and I and the fact that, one, I was terrified, I was scared. If you read Joshua chapter 1, we won't read it for sake of time. But God has to tell him, hey, be of good courage. He has to tell him to be courageous because Joshua was afraid. They were about to enter the promised land. He was filling these big, big shoes of Moses, having to lead the children of Israel. And I felt the same way. I had to step into the shoes of a missionary who I greatly admire and respect, someone who uh, is, is much more talented than I am, has a lot more experience than I am. And yet I had to kind of step into that position. I thought, hey, what a better way than to look at the life of Joshua. And as I got here to chapter 3, I thought, wow, this is incredible. Joshua chapter 3, we'll begin reading in verse 1. And the Bible says, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim, and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. 
And they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, it being the ark of the covenant, there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which you must go. And here's the phrase that I want us to really focus on. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. Hmm. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. Before we continue, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, again we come before you, Lord, and we acknowledge our helplessness. Lord, I pray that tonight you would be glorified, that you would be honored. I pray that tonight our hearts would be tender and sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would fill me and use me. And Lord, this is a, a message and a truth that none of us, including myself, have truly grasped yet. We've not accomplished this is a constant reminder in our lives because as we continue to grow, as we continue to serve, Lord, we constantly find ourselves in new territory because you love us too much to leave us where we are. You're constantly growing and stretching our faith. And I pray, Lord, that you would work in our hearts and teach us how we should respond, how we should react when we find ourselves in these new places. I pray that you would once again be honored and glorified by all that is said and done. I pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I found myself, as I began reading this passage of Scripture, thinking of all the things that God had, uh, 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 all the positions, I should say, that God had placed me in. You know, one of the things that we were doing on the field was uh, uh, managing a cafe. You know, I love coffee, and I'm especially good at drinking coffee. Not so good at the making coffee and managing a cafe part. Yeah, it's a little different. I, I, at that time, uh, and even now, you know, uh, uh, pastors are always growing, and, and, and I, I just so admire and appreciate pastors who, you know, they have the mindset that, you know, I've not achieved, they continue to grow, they continue to learn, but I remember myself even uh, a few years ago thinking, God, really, would you have me pastor? Are you sure that I'm ready? I'm pretty inadequate, and I was. Not only did I not have that experience, but then I had to pastor in the local language, which at that time I really didn't have a firm uh, a grip on, and I still had a lot to learn. And I just remember thinking, God, I don't know what to do. What's the next step? And as he began reading this, Joshua chapter 3, we don't usually focus on these verses. We focus on the rest of the chapter, which is when the children of Israel crossed the Jordan River. That's a great story but we're going to focus on this instruction that was given before the crossing of the Jordan. Because of this phrase, you have not been this way heretofore. You see, the children of Israel found themselves in a place that they had never been before. That's what that phrase means. You've never been here before. You've never experienced this before. And because you've never been here before, here's what you need to do. Now, I'm, I, I think I'm a pretty simple guy. Uh, you know, there's... I think the majority of people are a lot, you know, wiser, smarter than I am. I like simple truths. Simple truths often can be hard to apply. But what I love about simple truths is this, is that when we are struggling, when we're finding ourselves in a place, when we're finding ourselves in new territory, what's amazing is that God often brings us back to the fundamentals, the basics. I think of a, a coach in sports, 
you know, I, I enjoy sports, I enjoy team sports. And one thing that I've noticed is that when there's a team and they're having a lot of struggles, maybe during a game, they're, they're, not, they're not playing uh, particularly well. They're not, they're not doing great. They're not playing up to their potential. The coach oftentimes will you know, wait for a break in the game, call a timeout, depending on the sport. And he will not do this. He will not go, hey, let's try something even harder. Let, 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 let's do something really flamboyant and flashy and, hey, let's do something crazy. No, he, 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 he won't do that. He'll call them together and say, hey, guys, let's do something we've practiced a lot of times. Let's get back to the basics. Let's get back to the simple things. Let's, let's get back to, you know, what we've uh, uh, first started off with. And I believe these truths that God laid on my heart and that, Lord willing, I'll convey to you this evening that they will be simple and that they will be an encouraging challenge to all of our hearts. As we look at this passage of Scripture, we see that the children of Israel are here at this bank of Jordan. And Joshua threw the officers as they went out and, and spread the word, so to speak, to all these people. We see that in Joshua, uh, 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 chapter 3, here in verse 3, the first truth, the first bit of instruction that God gives them is that when they see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord their God, in verse 3, and they commanded the people, saying, when ye see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God. It's a given. It should be an obvious thing, but sometimes we can forget. But the first truth is that we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. Again, like I said, simple truth. But man, is it difficult to keep our eyes on the Lord when we're in a place that we've never been before. When things are happening and we don't know how to respond, there's no manual, there's no, there's no former experience. It's so easy to be distracted by things that might be important, but they're not the priority. It's so easy to take your eyes off the Lord. I'm, I'm telling you from experience, when all of, things, all, all of these things are happening and we feel like we're not on firm ground, so to speak, we don't know what's going to happen. Oftentimes we can focus on the problem, the challenge. You know, it, it, the children of Israel, they were challenged to, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, where was their focus point supposed to be? It was to be on the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant, as you study the, the Old Testament, you realize that the Ark of the Covenant represented the very presence of God. They were to focus on God. They were to keep their eyes on the Lord. Well-known verse, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. As I said, this is simple, but it's one of the hardest things to do when you're in a place you've never been before. It's easy to take up a secondary cause, focus on a secondary thing, and forget what your prime objective is. I believe I witnessed that not only... In others, but myself, I think of through the pandemic, man, was it easy to focus on a lot of other things. Man, was it, was it easy to, to take up another cause that, sure, maybe it was near and dear to your heart, and, and maybe it was a good thing, not necessarily a bad thing. Again, we're to lay aside the sin and the weight that so easily besets us as we run this race, referring back to Hebrews chapter 12. It might not necessarily be a bad thing, but it could potentially distract us from what is most important, and that is keeping our eyes on God, keeping our eyes on Jesus Christ. As we uh, were 
kind of figuring our way through the pandemic, one of the things that my family and I needed to do was we needed to renew uh, our visas. And in order to renew our visas at that time, we actually had to leave the country where we're serving for a short period of time, go to an embassy. They required us to leave the country, renew the visa, and then come back in. And so we went to a nearby country, okay, the country of Singapore. And I don't know how many of you have ever been to Singapore, but it's not a cheap place to stay, okay? And uh, I remember going there, and of course, I'm trying to get as much information as I can before we go. And, I'm, and one of the questions I asked was, how long is this process going to take? How long are we going to be there? And they told us, eh, just three days. Three days maximum. All you, you could even, you, you know, just get one night there. And I thought, okay, just to be safe, I'll, I'll, I'll book us, you know, three nights. We'll stay there for three days, and then we'll come back. And, you know, when you fly into Singapore, you have to fill out a declaration card saying how long you're going to be there as well. So, again, I put three. We ended up being there for three weeks because there was a, there was a problem. There was a, a, a hiccup somewhere with our paperwork. Now, at the time, we didn't know it was going to be three weeks. And I remember on the third day thinking, okay, it's all going to be done, and we get word back from the embassy and then our sponsors in the country where we serve and they, and they were saying, oh, there, there's some problems. We've we got to fix them. We gotta, you can't come home just yet. And I remember thinking, oh, boy. Oh, man, Lord, what's going to happen here? And, you know, while we were there, I remember we, we had to, I had to contact the Canadian government. I had to, to, to get some paperwork for them. Uh, I had to, to, to communicate back and forth with the government of the country where we're serving. And then as well, I had to, you know, deal with the Singaporean government. They, they sent police to us and said, hey, you said you were going to stay here for three days. Uh, it's been a week. Why are you still here? <laughs> you know, and so we had a lot of these things we were dealing with. I was in a place I'd never been before, facing things I'd never faced before. And because we were staying there much longer than I expected, I remember thinking, oh, man, this is out of our budget. I keep having to extend this hotel stay. And, you know, I, I don't know how long it's going to take. And so I thought, you know what might save us some money? Getting an Airbnb. Now, if you've ever stayed in Singapore, some of you might already know the ending of this story already. Okay? But let me get there, okay? I start looking at the app at Airbnb. And, you know, while we've been traveling and going around, I've been to many Airbnbs. I've used it many times, never had a single problem. And so I open it up and I start looking for places in Singapore. And you know what? a lot of listings came up, and a lot of listings with five stars, and they were verified. So, of course, that has to mean that it's safe, right? And I thought, hey, this will save us some money. This will be nice. And so I started, you know, looking at different uh, listings, and I, and, I, and I chose one, and I should have known right away to walk away from that because a lot of sketchy things were happening. The lady that I contacted with said, hey, um, Here's five numbers, and each time you call, you need to rotate through these numbers. You know, um, the, the, here are all these different names of people, and don't call at this time. And if anybody asks why you're there at this place, uh, give them this backstory. And I, I'm thinking, wow, okay. Now, all of you right now would be, would be saying, Brother Bowie, walk away. Don't, don't, don't click yes, don't accept, don't book it. But you see, I was in a place I'd never been before facing things I'd never faced before. And in my attempt to try to save some money and just to try to, you know, get to a place where, because the hotel, it was, it was kind of rough after a while. They're like, you can't just keep extending like this. You know, we, we've got rooms and we had to move each time we extended. So I thought, no, I, I just need to find a place. And the priority was, honestly, thinking about the welfare, safety of my family. 
And I'm going to confess to you tonight, unfortunately, that was an important thing to me, but that wasn't my priority. I went ahead with it. Now, for the first couple of nights, nothing bad happened. We thought, hey, this is great. It was actually a really nice place. And after a few days there, there came a day where I had to go to the embassy there in Singapore. And uh, that was the day they actually asked me for all my original documents. So passports, birth certificate, everything, all the originals, no photocopies. So I left all that paperwork with them that day because they were right at the end of processing. And then I get back to this Airbnb. And I'd spent all day waiting in lines and in offices, so I was tired. I get home. I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly what time. It was around maybe 9.30 or 10. So it was late. Our kids were asleep at the time. We only had Cal and Ariel. And all of a sudden, we hear at the door. I'm thinking, okay, this is strange. So I go, and I open it, and two Singaporean policemen just come right in. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, can I see some ID? Like, who are you? <laughs> and they come in. They say, what are you doing here? That's the first question. What are you doing here? What are you doing staying in this apartment? And for a split second, the backstory that the owner gave me crossed my mind. But I thought, I'm not going to lie to the police. I don't know. I don't owe these people anything. So I told them the truth. I said, hey, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're here because it's an Airbnb. Well, for those of you who have been to Singapore, you know already I'm seeing some knowing smiles. Airbnbs are illegal in Singapore. Okay, you're not allowed to own one, let alone stay at one. I didn't know that. I didn't know why they were on the app. And to make a long story short, they came in, they were saying, okay, you need to prove who you are. Where are your documents? Where's your ID? Would you believe me if I told you I left it all at the embassy? No, they were very gracious. I did have photocopies of those on my laptop. I showed that to them. They were okay with that. But to make a long story short, the reason why that listing was still up is because the Singaporean police were actually staking out that place. They were investigating that place, building a case against these owners. They actually owned a ring of illegal Airbnbs, and I don't know what else they were doing either. But basically, for months, the police had been keeping up on them, and they had been telling every person who stayed there to act like everything was normal, leave them a five-star review, and go away. Do not tell these owners that the police confronted you and, 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 and that this investigation is going on. Therefore, the five-star reviews. So we left, yeah, five-star review, yeah, everything's great, you know, all's good. I'm like, wow, and I remember asking, I was so scared, I thought, are we in trouble because we're staying here? And the policeman said to me, he said, if you had lied, if you had said that, you know, you're here with a friend or something like that, you would have become an accomplice. I said, okay, if I had lied, what would have happened to me? Like, well, five years in Singaporean prison or 26,000 Singaporean dollar fine. It pays to be honest, okay? But I tell that story, why? Because in a moment, and I'm sure you all can relate to this, at a time when all of this is happening, your brain is just swimming, everything's just going on at the same time, it's so easy to take your eyes off of what is most important. And I know, I, I know for a fact, as we all live our lives, you will find yourselves, you have found yourself in new territory. And I'm sure, just like me, there have been times when you've, had to admit, yeah, I've, I've taken my eyes off of God. I focused on the need. I focused on the problem. Or maybe I focused on a solution. Notice, Joshua doesn't tell the people, hey, guys, I need you guys to get together. We need to figure out how to make a bridge, build a boat, cross this river somehow. No, that's not the first instruction. The first thing that is told them is when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God. 
We're to keep our eyes on the Lord. The second thing, very simply and quickly here, is that we need to move forward. We need to move forward. In verse 3 here, the second half here, uh, actually I'm just going to read the whole verse again for the context. And they commanded the people saying, when ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. You shall remove from your place and go after it. Now, if you remember back, from, back in verse 2, it says, And it came to pass after three days. So the children of Israel have been there at the bank of Jordan now for three days. I don't know. I understand personalities are different and everything like that. I don't know if you're like me. But when I'm doing a job, I don't like to be interrupted. You know, it's good to take breaks, but I don't really like taking breaks. I, like I want to see something through till it's done because a lot of times I know if I take a break, it's going to be really hard to get the momentum going again, okay? If I've got a job, I'm like, hey, look, I'm in it right now. Uh, you know, things are getting done. Let's just keep this momentum going. Let's, don't stop me. Because if I stop, if I, if I go down for a nap, you know, I was just uh, this afternoon, I was talking with pastor. He asked, have you taken a nap? I said, I did, but it had to be a very short one. If I nap for too long, oh man, I have a hard time getting up. I have a hard time sleeping later that night. You know, maybe some of you can say, yeah, that's me as well. But I know in terms of traveling, and remember, these, the children of Israel came all the way to the brink of Jordan, and yet they got there, and now they've stopped for three days. Three days is enough time to unpack, get settled, and get comfortable. And when you've gotten comfortable, it can be pretty hard to get up and move again. To remove from your place and go after, to go after the Lord, to continue following Him. And I, I, I think even back in, in the few years that we've been on the field, I think of the many times I've been tempted when things are going crazy and it seems like I don't know what to do and God, I'm in new territory. I'm, this is a new chapter, a new experience in my life. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've been tempted to just stay comfortable. Just right here. Sure, I don't know what the next step is. That's what's scary, but I, I know where I'm at right now. Lord, would it be okay if I just stay here a bit longer? Can I, just, can I just be in a place where I know what's going on? There's always going to be challenges, but this is, these are the challenges that I know. These are the challenges that, I mean, I have a little bit of experience maybe here in this area. But no, they were encouraged and they were commanded to, to move forward. One of the things I, I'm so thankful for is that uh, over the last few years, especially, uh, and, and I know that now, praise the Lord, the pandemic, really the effects are, are much lighter now. I'm thankful that as we go back to the field, we're not going to face so many restrictions uh, in that regard. But I remember us having to be home a lot, and it felt like we couldn't do that much because of all the lockdowns and restrictions. And obviously in my heart, I remember thinking, Lord, why are you allowing this to happen until some of our church people came and they said, what are we doing? What's going on? I mean, I'm, I'm just bored. I'm just bored. And it was almost like God said to me, well, you know when you sometimes complain that you don't have time, enough time to pray and read your Bible? Well, you don't have that excuse anymore. We had so much time on our hands. It's easy, though, to look at the difficulties and go, well, I'm just going to focus on that. I'm going to sit right here. And yet God still gave us opportunities to grow. Maybe not do so much as we would outside of what happened the last few years. But we could still grow. We could move forward spiritually. We could pray more. We could read God's word more. We could develop in our relationship with him. 
I think of how hard it must have been for the, the tribes of Reuben, Gad, the half tribe of Manasseh. You remember, they were promised, they're the Jordan River, they were already promised land on that side that they were already at. Now, they did make a promise that they would go over and fight with their brothers. They would fight with their brethren as they uh, uh, conquered and, 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 and took over the promised land. They would possess the promised land with the other tribes. But it would have been very tempting to say, well, I know we made that promise, but our land's already here. Why would we want to cross the Jordan River? That's an obstacle. And we've never been here before. We don't know what to do. But God said, no, move forward. Remove from your place. That's the second thing. When we find ourselves in new territory, we should continue to move forward, continue to grow. And the last and final thing here, and this is probably the hardest thing, at least for me, we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. We need to move forward, but also we need to remember not to get ahead of God. Don't get ahead of God. In verse 4, I find this very interesting. Verse 4 says this, Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go, for ye have not passed this way heretofore. So they're being commanded to focus on the Ark of the Covenant. We want you to see it. And then we want you to move and follow after it. But don't get close to it. Don't get close to it. More importantly, don't pass it. Why? So that ye may know the way by which you must go. Now, it's at this point that as I'm reading this, I'm using my imagination. Okay? And, and I want you to understand that as I put myself in here, of course, you know, we don't know all the details of the story from this, but I, I try to, in every situation, especially as I'm reading the Bible, it comes alive as I put myself into, because these are real historical events, right? This is God's word. These things happened. We know by faith that God did split the Jordan River and they walked through it. But as I put myself into the shoes of the children of Israel, I think this, okay? As I'm passing across the river, or as I'm being told that, hey, we're going to get across the river, we don't necessarily know how yet, but we know God's going to do something. Later on, God gives instruction for the four Levite priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant to step into the water. And we see later on in the chapter that God, allow, He sends a wind, and then the water is piled up like a heap, okay, in, in the Jordan River. And there's dry ground, just like er, many years earlier, the Red Sea, the children of Israel were able to cross the Jordan River on dry ground. But I, I think of this, okay? The Ark of the Covenant was made of cedar wood and it was overlaid with gold. There were also some items in it. And I, as I think of that, I think it had to be pretty heavy, right? Are, are you all still with me? It had to be pretty heavy. Something that's overlaid with gold made of cedar wood. And there's these four Levite priests carrying it. Now, again, I don't know who these four Levite priests were. I don't believe they're ever named. I don't know how strong they were. I don't know if from all that carrying through the wilderness, they had just, you know, they had good cardio and they had massive muscles and, you know, they could just carry it. But my point in saying that is this, is that they could not, I, I don't believe that they would have been able to carry that Ark of the Covenant pretty fast through the river. Okay? They would not be running across. With that in mind, I think of myself, if I were an Israelite, you know, this is my second chance to get to the promised land for many of them. Because you know, the first time they got to the promised land, they dropped the ball. 
They got there. You remember 12, uh, 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 the 12 spies were sent, right? The song, you know, 10 were bad, 2 were good. The 10 spies came back with a bad report. We're like grasshoppers. We're going to be killed. God can't, God can't do this. He promised us something, and now we're just going to die. They doubted God, which resulted in their disobedience. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They totally forgot all that God had done for them. And because of that, they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. But now they're back. And now there's a new generation. And, and of course, they had heard of those stories. And so I imagine this. I imagine that they were so excited to get across. I know I would have. I'm not saying all, some of them probably were nervous. But can you imagine the excitement there? Hey, this is our second shot. God is gracious. We get to go back into the promised land. But now we have to cross this Jordan River. I think of that, and I also think of the fact that although I enjoy swimming, I don't mind water, I would be pretty nervous if I had to walk through a river with a massive heap of water beside me. Are you all still with me? Okay. I, I don't know if I would just be, you know, hey, let's, let's take it easy, right? I'm not a patient person. I would want to get past that river as quick as possible. But you know what? They couldn't just go at their own pace they had to follow the pace of the four Levite priests carrying the ark. That means if those four priests went slow, I had to go slow. I had to follow their pace. I can't just say, hey, the promised land, and, and that was a good thing. God had promised that to them. That was their inheritance. But they still had to follow from a distance and not get ahead of God. Why? It's so clear here. I love the way it's put that ye may know the way by which you must go. I wonder if that maybe sounded strange to some of the Israelites, so that we might know by what way to go. I mean, we can, uh, you'll see later in the chapter that, uh, if you were to read the whole chapter, you'll see that at that time the Jordan River was overflowing its banks. But they could see the other side of the river. I wonder if some of them thought, so that we can know which way to go. I mean, yes, we've never been here before, but I can see the bank. I think I have a pretty good idea of where I'm supposed to go. So just let me run across. Why do I have to follow the pace? Why do I have to stay back and have a space of 2,000 cubits? Why do I need to do that? I just want to get across the river. And yet they had to stay behind. They had to not get ahead of God so that they would know the way by which they would go because they'd never been there before. I think of that and I think of the many times that I have seen a situation I'm in new territory, and sure, I might respond in a way. I might take my eyes off the Lord. I might get comfortable and not want to move. But man, the amount of times where I've thought, you know what, I'm uncomfortable right now, but I think I can solve this. God, I don't need your direction. Sure, I'm in a new place, but I, I think I have a pretty good handle. I mean, I'm adventurous anyways, right? I, I'd love to try this way. And, you know, if I just sit down and figure things out, I think I could come up with a pretty good plan. And God has many times had to say to me, hey, slow down. Are you following me or are you getting ahead of me? Are you relying on me or are you leaning unto your own understanding? You see, sometimes, and, and, and again, I, I, this is not being preached as if, oh yeah, I've got it and you all need to, to, to learn this lesson. This is a lesson that God continues to work in my heart. He constantly has to remind me that you know what? Thomas, you don't know what's best. You think you do, but you don't. You, you, you can't get ahead of me. 
Um, I, I'm going to share a story later on in, 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 in my update that, that will go along with this. But as we finish with that, I want us to remember that when we find ourselves in new territory, okay, we can feel hopeless, we can feel... I mean, I, I, I've seen it happen so many times, and I've seen it in my own life, where new experiences just cause people to react right away. They cling to whatever's comfortable. You know, you, you go to a new country, and you don't know anybody there. The first person that has anything in common with you, you just mesh really well with. Why? Because you're just looking for any kind of comfort. You're looking for any kind of direction, any kind of help. You know, we serve a God who is the source of comfort and source of help. We serve a God that as he leads us through new territory, we see it all throughout the Bible. I think right away of Abraham. Abraham not really knowing where he's supposed to go, but God said, hey, I'm going I'm to bring you to a land that I promised you. You just need to follow me. And do you want to know something? God was and is faithful. He was and he is faithful. But you know, in our responsibility, we need to keep our eyes on Him. We need to make sure that we're not being distracted by all the things that this world throws at us. We need to, we need to make sure that we don't allow something that maybe it's not wrong. It, may, it might not necessarily be sinful. It's a good thing. We can't even allow those things to take our eyes off of Jesus Christ. He should be always the main thing, the most important thing in our lives. And secondly, we need to constantly move forward. We need to grow it's easy to get comfortable and just be stagnant. I don't want to take that next step because where I'm at right now is, hey, I'm totally okay. I'm, I'm, I'm really fine right here. The amount of times that I've told God that. We need to move forward. And then finally, we cannot get ahead of God. It's hard to follow from the front, isn't it? You know, I was following, you know, Pastor uh, uh, over here from the restaurant. If I had decided to, oh, you know what? I think I got a better way. And just in front of him, he couldn't lead me. I probably wouldn't be here right now. I'd be you know, running around Burnaby trying to figure out where the church was. We can't get ahead of God if we're going to let him lead. And I'm so thankful that we serve a God that when we do give him the opportunity to the lead, when we do allow him that throne in our hearts, saying, God, I don't know what I'm doing here. This is new territory. He shows us the way to go. He shows us the way to go. Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for your truth and your word. Thank you so much that anytime we need anything, we can go to you and we can find the answers directly from your word. And Lord, I pray that although tonight the, the, the points, the, the truths that we found in this passage of Scripture, I don't believe were anything new. I, I believe this church has heard them many times before. I pray that you would place them deep in our hearts. Because we're always constantly finding ourselves in new places, finding ourselves in, in new experiences, in a new chapter of our life. And it can be very distracting. We, we, can, we can have the tendency to take our eyes off of you. We can tend to stick to that which is comfortable. Lord, I, I don't want to keep moving forward. It's nice where I'm at. And a lot of times we can also believe and think that we have a better plan than you do and maybe jump the gun, get ahead of you. And Lord, that's never a good thing. So I pray, Lord, that you would work in our hearts, help us to remember these truths and help us to follow you submissively as we go throughout our ministry, as we go throughout our day. May you be glorified 
And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Pastor asked,